Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and I'm very, very happy to be with you on this Wednesday morning. Got a very, very exciting show for you today. Uh, we're going to go over a couple of things that are irking me about Major League Baseball. If you're a Major League Baseball fan, you definitely want to listen to this show today. A little bit later in the show, I'm going to be talking about who I feel. And once again, I say I feel because everybody has a difference of opinion on this. Are the biggest snubs by the Baseball Hall of Fame. Basically saying... The 10 people that I feel that should be in the Hall of Fame that are currently not in the Hall of Fame. And we're going to go over that a little bit later in the show. To start the show, I want to remind you of a couple things. First of all, tomorrow night, 8 p.m., the NFL Network is releasing the 2020 NFL schedules. Once again, it'll give you the times and dates of when these games are, as well as which games are Sunday night, Thursday night, Monday night. So basically the primetime games for all 32 teams in the NFL. So, you know, an exciting night. It's a three-hour show. I don't know what they have to talk about for three hours. You know, me being a fan, I just want the damn schedule and want to see who my teams play. So tomorrow night, and you know, speaking of the NFL... We've all heard that Leonard Fournette of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, his fifth-year option was not retained, as we all know, but it was kind of weird, and I'll tell you why. First of all, David Caldwell, the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, came out yesterday and Basically saying Leonard Fournette will be with the team in 2020. So for you Jacksonville Jaguar fans, their plans are still to have Fournette. They just did not um, pick up his fifth-year option. So now they can go ahead and figure out, probably in their eyes, a less expensive contract for um, Leonard Fournette. Now, you know, it comes as a surprise. Because probably in 2019, well not probably, I know for a fact that Leonard Fournette had his best year of his career. He rushed for over 1,100 yards on 265 carries. And he also had a breakout year in the passing uh, catching department where he had 76 receptions for 522 yards. Very, very good year. Or, you know, some will say a great year for any running back in the NFL, and Leonard Fournette did. The problem with Leonard Fournette is his first four years, he, there was a bunch of controversy. Uh, you know, he got injured a lot. In his first four years uh, before 2019, uh, he didn't do much with them. You know, he had a couple of good games. I remember, I think it was versus Pittsburgh, where he would just destroy the Steelers. Uh, and rush, you know, rush like they hoped he would rush every game, but he never panned out. And then last year, he comes out, has a great, great year. They start dismantling that whole team, as you know. They get rid of everybody on defense. They get rid of uh, Nick Foles on offense. They got gone to Minshew now, and, you know, they got some receivers on that team now, as well as a tight end in Tyler Effort who came from Cincinnati Bengals. So according to David Caldwell, once again, he plans on Leonard Fournette being a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the 2020 season. I want to remind you all that if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, topics you want to talk about, go ahead and contact us on several different platforms. You can contact us right after this podcast on the quick message link. All you have to do is hit the message link, leave your message, and we'll play it on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Also, you have um, our email address, franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. And then Twitter, if you have a Twitter account, 
Follow us on Twitter, at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. But the most famous and popular way to follow us, the fastest growing sports page on Facebook, Frankly Speaking Sports. Once again, I emphasize the word sports at the end because if you just type in Frankly Speaking, you're going to get a lot of different things that I could not even tell you what they're about. So Frankly Speaking Sports, we put the most updated and quickest news out there in the world of sports. Today, we had a poll question that right now, the poll question is, should former Major League Baseball players have the right to vote who goes into the Hall of Fame? Early on in the poll, so far, we've had some people respond. It's amazing. It's 50%. And 50%. And you know, I always say when you have a poll that is close to being 50-50, you got one heck of a subject to talk about because obviously the difference of opinions are terrific. And a little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk about the biggest snubs who I feel, Larry Frank's opinion, on who the biggest snubs are that did not make it to the Hall of Fame. But before we get there, I have something that's bothering me, and it's in regards to the Tampa Bay Rays. And it's for all sports fans, you'll understand this, but it just happens to be with the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm sure there might be some other teams out there and fans of teams that have similar situations, but it really, really irks me. Will someone please tell me why? I don't care if you email me or put it on my sports page, but why the heck is Wade Boggs, number 12, retired by the Tampa Bay Rays? Will someone please explain to me? Yes, I understand. He got his biggest hit of his career, his 3,000th career hit with the Tampa Bay Rays. That's all he did. He played two years with the Tampa Bay Rays, didn't do anything special for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, if someone comes on my show and says, hey, Larry, the Boston Red Sox, or maybe even the New York Yankees where he won a World Series with, they retired Wade Bob's number. Okay, I can understand it. But somebody please, please tell me why the heck Wade Bob's number is retired by the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, he played two years for the Rays. That would be, you know, if his number is retired by the Tampa Bay Rays, then Willie Mays, number 24, should be retired by the New York Mets. The New York Mets only have three numbers that are retired. That's it. That's all the Mets have. Three numbers. And I know two of them is, one's Kuzman, I think it's Kuzman, Piazza, and Seaver, if I'm correct are the only three. Willie Mays played two years with the Mets, just like Wade Boggs played at the end of his career. There is no way. You know, I can see if somebody came up to me and said, Larry, hey, did you hear? The number 13 for Carl Crawford is being retired. That makes sense. Carl Crawford started out with the Rays. He batted 290, 480 stolen bases, four-time All-Star, Gold Glove Award winner, Four-time stolen base leader. Yes, number 13 can be retired, and I have no issues with that. No issues with that. But here's a guy that didn't even play hardly with a team, and because he makes the Hall of Fame, and he goes ahead and he makes, uh, you know, his 3,000 hit, they want to retire his number? Stupid. I'm sorry. There's no other way to explain it. But it is completely stupid. You know what? Freddie McGriff then should have his number retired with the Tampa Bay Rays. He played on and off because he played with them, then he came back and finished, I think. But I think all together, McGriff ended up playing between four and six years with the Rays, averaged 20 homers a year, and I don't think Freddie McGriff's number should be retired, at least with that team, with the Rays. But I'm saying, it should. if you're comparing him and Wade Boggs, Freddie McGriff's number should definitely be retired over that number. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And let, let's, you know what? 
And then there's another guy's number who, when he's done playing in his career, you know, that probably should have his number retired. Um, let, you know, probably has one of the most dramatic and most memorable home runs in the history of the Tampa Bay Rays. Here it comes. Swing a line drive down the left field line towards the corner. This one. It's good. It's good. Evan Agoria has just hit the Rays to the American League wild card. That's right, Evan Longoria. He owns almost every single record for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, in all fairness to the Rays, he's still playing in San Francisco, so he is not a retired player. But still, if anything, shouldn't Evan Longoria's number be retired or Carl Crawford's number be retired over Wade Boggs? I mean, he's a three-time All-Star you know, three golden gloves. I mean, this guy was great. The, probably the greatest player all time in the Tampa Bay Rays history. And probably the top two when you had Crawford. No doubts about it. So, you know, if any of my fans can please explain to me why the Rays are that stupid, you know, to retire a number like Wade Boggs, who really had... No meaning in the whole history of that franchise, except for the fact his 3,000 hit did come on that, you know, in a Tampa Bay uniform. And it was a dramatic, I believe it was a home run or a grand slam home run, actually, that he hit. So it was, it was nice, you know, but it does not warrant the number being retired. You know, like I mentioned before, especially on previous episodes, we're hearing a lot of different things about when this season might start. Uh, baseball, you're hearing in football that, you know, I know I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, University of Arkansas is planning on starting. Actually, it's not planned. It's in place. Unless, you know, something happens where the government stops them, they're starting football practice July 15th. July 15th, and they plan on opening up their season uh, right here in Arkansas, actually, on September 5th. But we hear a lot of different things, and as you guys all know, and I've said this many times, I don't like reporting things until they're factual. That's factual. That's, you know, Juracek, Hunter Juracek, the AD of Arkansas, told us straight out that's what he's planning. And that's the information we like to pass on to you. Um, as far as baseball goes, there's only speculation. It You know, the problem here is you talk to so many people and not one of them have the same damn thing to say. So you don't know who to believe and what to believe. You know, we got our sources and those are the ones I listen to. And they really haven't reported anything. That's why I'm not. I know the target date is the beginning of July but no plan is in place. So, you know, Scott, you know, it isn't only bothering me, but even Scott Service, the manager of the uh, Seattle Mariners, you know, is doesn't know what the future is. Well, we hear different plans all the time, and I think that, that should show everybody how bad, you know, uh, the, the commissioner's office and the players, everybody wants to play. And we're just trying to come up with different ideas that allow us to do it. But it has to be safe. It has to be safe for the players, coaches, staff, and, and eventually fans, you know, coming into the ballpark. So trying to work through all those logistical things. And it's it's challenging. That's why you, you hear different plans. A couple of weeks ago, you heard one thing. You know, now I was on a call here last week. And I know the focus is trying to play these games in our home stadiums, get everybody back in their communities, uh, get kind of the – the team's up and going, but the toughest part is not knowing that, you know, when all the different, uh, you know, venues are going to be open. We all got to be open. You need all 30 teams to play. And, you know, it's a lot of challenges right now, but I think everybody realizes that we're all going to have to sacrifice a little something to get back and play. And I, everybody I've talked to, players, coaches, other managers, everybody's willing to do that. That was Scott Service of the Seattle Mariners. When we come back from break, Another thing that has me going is about some of the people who just have had incredible, incredible careers in Major League Baseball, 
still do not find themselves in the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about that in detail after we hear from our buddy, Dick Vitale. There it goes to something I read recently. It said, you know what? Great things happen when you work hard and you're kind to people. And that brought home a memory to me. Growing up as a youngster, I would hear constantly and on a consistent basis from my mom and dad. They would say, Richie, it was never Dick. Richie, be good to people. And people are going to be good to you. And how true that is. Put that hand out. Extend the hand with love in your heart. Help people. You help people, people are going to help you in chasing your goals and your dreams. That was the great Dick Vitale. As you know, if you listen to us on a daily basis, every single day we have a motivational tip from our buddy and the inspiring Dickie V, Dick Vitale. Well, welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank. want to once again remind you about our poll question. And we're going to go into this in detail now as we talk about the Hall of Fame and some of the people who should be in the Hall of Fame who have not made it. And I'm going to go into a lot of detail here. Number one, the poll question. If you go to our Frankly Speaking sports group page, one of the most upcoming and popular pages on Facebook right now. If you are not a member, please join. If you are a member, please on your timeline, tell your friends to join. Believe me, there'll be topics for you to talk about on these podcasts and on my Facebook page. The fastest, most updated news that we can possibly provide you is on that page. So the poll question. Poll question is, should former Major League Baseball players have a right to vote who gets into the Hall of Fame? And, you know, I honestly think they do. I I really do. Um, I believe that a player's perspective on another player is completely different than a writer's. You know, a writer may watch a player, um, you know, year after year after year, but they don't see the same things that a player sees. They're, the players on the field with them. The players are watching these players work out, work ethic, work hard. Whatever they do, they're being watched by other players. Other players compete against each other. The writers don't compete against the players, you know, they don't get to see them on a consistent everyday basis. These players do, and the players should have a right to vote for who's in the Hall of Fame. Right now, the players are inducted into the Hall of Fame through an election by either the Baseball Writers Association of America or the Veterans Committees, which basically consists of four subcommittees each which considers and votes for candidates from separate areas. Um, and they decide, for example, you'll see some players maybe here that no longer play. Well, obviously none of them no longer play, but maybe from a different era, maybe from the 70s or the 60s. Uh, you know, that's where these subcommittees come in and, you know, try to get it right, which... You'll find out I don't agree with them on one they have not picked from another era. So, you know, then you got the PEDS. You know, performance enhancing drugs. I'm going to tell you about these drugs. And I know I spoke to certain former baseball players, current baseball players. And, you know, I talked to fans. Everybody's going to disagree on whether these folks should be in or should not be in. I feel for a couple different reasons they should. If you did, you know, if you did such a bad, bad things like performing hands and drugs, number one, they, they came out with this rule in Major League Baseball back in 1991, and then this Mitchell report in 1998 comes out um, either accusing or verifying certain players that have done performance enhancing drugs. And I understand that. You know, we shouldn't cheat the game. I don't believe in cheating. Uh, 
You know, but I think we're taking it a little too far. And I understand a player's perspective, especially a player who possibly didn't make it in the big leagues because you have a guy like an Alex Rodriguez or Rafael Palmeiro or a Mark McGuire. I'm just throwing names out now that were said to do performance enhancing drugs. You know, some of these athletes lost their jobs because these players were better. I still think you have to still perform on the field. I will say this over and over again, and I have people arguing with me. Oh, well, it helps them from strength. Yes, it does help them from strength. It helps them with uh, fatigue. Okay, helps them with fatigue. It doesn't swing the baseball bat. It doesn't make your vision better. You still have to have eye contact. You got 0.15 of a second on a pitch that takes however many seconds to get to the plate to swing your baseball bat. PEDs don't throw the ball. They may help you with strength and throw a little harder, but they don't throw the ball. They don't hit a certain location. They don't steal bases. They don't field the baseball. It enhances your strength. You still have to have, you cannot play this game doing PEDs if you do not have the ability to play the game. You have to have a God-given ability to play the game no matter what you decide to do. And then it comes up like this. If it's me, if these players and some of them I'm going to announce that were in the PED era, should not make the Hall of Fame. They're completely kicked out of the Hall of Fame. Then someone please tell me when they did it during the season in Major League Baseball, why weren't they kicked out of baseball for good? Yes, they might have been suspended for however many games. That's fine. You want to say anybody that did PEDs can't make the Hall of Fame their first year of eligibility? Fine. But if they're good enough to play after the damn investigation, they're good enough to get in the Hall of Fame. That's hypocritical. And the damn problem you have is you probably have the wimpiest of all commissioners that baseball has ever had. This guy, Manfred, couldn't make a decision if you asked him what one plus one was. So now you're telling me that what happened in Houston with the cheating scandal, none of these players are going to be penalized. They're all going to be made Hall of Fame. What they did is so much worse than what these other athletes did with PEDs. Now, I'm not condoning cheating. But I am saying if Major League Baseball allowed these players after they served whatever suspension or fine they were levied to come back and play the game and make the game of baseball money, then why the hell aren't they in the Hall of Fame? Nobody could look me in the face and answer that. Nobody. So I don't want to hear this crap anymore about peds and peds and peds. Yes, it's a performance-enhancing drug. Now, the Alex Rodriguez situation is different, and I'll tell you why. Even after it, Alex kept doing it. There's so much common sense, you get punished, you would think you'll learn. Obviously, for some reason, and I'm not here to judge Alex Rodriguez, I don't know him as a person, but... For some reason, he kept doing it. Okay, I can understand if someone's not a buyer, but you still didn't kick him out of the game. So if you don't kick him out of the game and you allow him to play in front of your fans and make money and you allow him to still build up statistics, then he should be able to make the Hall of Fame. Now, I'm not making the rules, but what fair is fair. What is that saying? What's good for the goose is good for the gander? Same thing here. Okay? All I'm saying is if you punish these guys and you kick them completely out of baseball 
And then you say, well, these guys can't make the Hall of Fame. Now, Major League Baseball is not saying they cannot make the Hall of Fame, except for maybe Pete Rose um, and Shoeless Jackson. But the baseball writers are putting this in their own hands. You have a bunch of writers, 425 votes were elected last year that could not stand on a damn baseball field and even walk to first base, yet play the game of baseball. And they're making the decision who goes in the Hall of Fame. How is that right? So basically what that tells me is that's collusion. They're all coming together. You cannot tell me that 425 people or a, a percentage of them, if you're telling me out of 425 people that 75% of those people do not believe that Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, something is wrong. It's wrong. The system is wrong. That's just my take on that. And you know, I get very excited about it because there's some great people, great athletes, guys i grown up watching and envying. Yeah, they made a mistake. You know, I'm not a religious guy, but even in the Bible it says you can forgive. My goodness, this is ridiculous. And I'll tell you what, the biggest crime here is not the players who did the drugs. It's not. It's the writers. That's the crime here. They are cheating. They don't like that someone cheats, yet they're cheating these players. Completely wrong. Completely terrible. I, I, I'm just mystified how Major League Baseball can do this. And then you get this Manfred character. You know, he's a cartoon guy. Uh, you wonder... Make a decision, damn it. You can't make a decision on the season, fine. I understand that. We have a crisis going on. And I understand that. But man, you're so indecisive. If it's not getting drunk on opening day, it's being afraid to penalize a player for cheating in the Houston Astros scandal. Or the Red Sox. Well, we didn't we found out that not all the players, okay. Penalize the other part of all. Some. Make a decision, Manfred. Have some kahunas. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about who I think are the 10 people, in my opinion, who have not yet been elected to the Hall of Fame that should be. We'll be back right after this message. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I really hope you're enjoying our show. You know, I get like that sometimes when I talk about a topic I'm really, really passionate about. And, you know, the way the Hall of Fame is just uh, running the show and deciding how, or Major League Baseball is deciding how these terrific athletes get in there is just besides me. I um, want to remind all of you that after this podcast, you can re-listen to it right on um, a platform or tell your friends, go to the fastest growing Facebook group right now. It's incredible. Have, you, have them join. Have yourself join. It's one of the most incredible sports group pages out there. We give you updated news. We post our podcast Daily, Monday through Friday. Want to once again remind you that um, tomorrow we have a very, very special guest, Bob Pockris, the uh, NASCAR reporter, works for Fox Television, is going to be joining us live to discuss the reopening of NASCAR. Almost a week away, a week from this Sunday, NASCAR opens up at Darlington. So really, really looking forward to that. You definitely want to listen to that interview tomorrow. Um, want to also remind you tomorrow night, we have the NFL releases the schedule on the NFL Network at 8 p.m. The times, the dates, which games are Monday nights, which game are Sunday nights, which games are Thursday, all that's going to be um, tomorrow's information, and we'll talk a lot about that on Friday as well. Now, 
Before we went on break, I said we were going to come back and talk about the 10 people that I think should be in the Hall of Fame who are not currently in the Hall of Fame. And there's a lot of debate on this. I mean, there's a lot more people that probably could be in. Um, but these are just, once again, my opinion. And I'm, to start off with, before you know, the, the way I tell you these individuals is not in any specific order. So if I name so-and-so uh, first, that doesn't mean I think he's the last out of my choices. There is no specific orders. I'm giving you 10 names that I think should be in the Hall of Fame. So I want to make that clear. Number two, Joe Jackson will not be included in this. Joe Jackson is probably one of the greatest, uh, Shoeless Jackson, one of the greatest baseball players to play the game, but he was kicked out of baseball. So I agree with him not being allowed in because they kicked him out of the game completely. So I want to make sure that's clear. Joe did have a you know an amazing you know, 356 career batting average, which is just, just unheard of. But, you know, as we go down this list, uh, you know, the, the first person I'm going to announce out of the 10 people that I think should be in the Hall of Fame um, is a guy that I learned to love in the 70s. I was growing up, I lived in New York, and I, every time something needed to happen for the New York Yankees, this guy just came through. Maybe that's why they called him the captain. Balls and no strikes to Munson. Right he is. Munson hits it high, hits it well to left. Wilson going way back, way back. It is good. Whoa! The damage there. You're getting everything, ladies and gentlemen, in this ballgame. Right, Jim? The damage there. Oh, boy. Does that give you chills? Phil Rizzuto's there, baby. Phil Rizzuto calling a home run by the Yankee captain, Thurman Munson. Yes, Thurman Munson, who was definitely taken away from us too soon in that um, plane crash uh, that he captained and unfortunately got killed in it. Um, listen to Munson. Not only was the Yankee captain, which everybody knows, that's tough enough. I'm sure Don Mattingly can tell you that, but... Seven-time All-Star, won three gold gloves. He was the 1970 AL Rookie of the Year, 1976 AL MVP, and he caught for two World Series champions. For Thurman Munson not to be in the Hall of Fame is just ridiculous. I mean, he played on the biggest stage in New York, played for the New York Yankees. Now, his career was cut short because of the plane crash, I can only imagine what he would have done going further. But just look, listen to those. You know, anybody that you talk to, uh, I mean, I guarantee you, Ron Guidry will tell you that this guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So that's my first guy. And remember, once again, these are in no specific order. I talked to you a little bit earlier about how the voting is currently working. And we talk about these subcommittees that picks, you know, an individual from different eras that should be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I'm not trying to be negative here, but they still didn't get it right. Because for one of the greatest outfielders to ever play for the Cincinnati Reds to not be inducted into the Hall of Fame is, is criminal. It's criminal to me. How is Vader Pinson not in the Hall of Fame? Someone explain to me. You know, if you're a Cincinnati Red fan, and he is in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame, the Reds got it right. It's time for Major League Baseball to get it right. Vader, Willie Mays and Vita Pinza, uh, sorry, Vita, I'll be okay, and Vita Pinza um, are the only two players in baseball history worth, you know, that I think they each had 2,700 hits, 450 doubles, 300 steals and 250 home runs and 100 triples. Guys, that just listen how long that sentence is. That that's incredible in itself. And I know I talk fast sometimes, so 
when I pronounce these things, I'm talking so fast because I'm so excited to talk about it. But let's listen to that again. Veda Pinson and Willie Mays. That's it. Just those two are the only people in baseball history, the only players ever, 2,700 hits, 450 doubles, 300 steals, 250 homers, and 100 triples. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. This guy was a four-time All-Star and winner of a gold glove. He is one of only 10 players with 250 homers and 300 steals. Only one of 10 players. Guys, incredible, incredible career. Somebody please talk to these guys. This guy needs to get in the Hall of Fame. Then you get, you know, Rafael Palmeiro. You know, I don't care if you like him or not. Yes, he was on the Mitchell Report. I already talked about my opinion on that. Okay, but here's a guy that has over 3,000 hits, over 500 homers. He's only one of four players to have 3,000 hits and 500 homers. Once again, one of only four players to have 3,000 hits and 500 homers. Guys, those are Hall of Fame numbers. And once again, yes, he was indicted or whatever the heck that word is with the Mitchell investigation, but you let him play after he was suspended. So he should be in the Hall of Fame. Definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. And then you get another first baseman. And let me talk about this guy. Okay, this guy in 1998, I believe it was, along with another member we're going to talk about. Baseball went through its strike. And these two guys had just one of the most memorable seasons I have ever seen in my lifetime. It kept me watching the game of baseball. A lot of people were upset after that strike and they went away from baseball. But it took a moment like this to put everybody who knew they loved the game, it put things back in perspective. McGuire, who is 0 for 1 tonight, is second at bat here in the fourth. We would like to welcome those of you who have been watching the Houston Astros and the Cincinnati Reds on our FX cable channel as Matt McGuire looks on, wondering if this is the at bat. Tuesday, September 8th, and Mark McGuire moves one place in front of Roger Maris. Set. You know, once again, here you get when you're making money off these guys, it's fine. You love them. That's what baseball does. And then sometimes they have a habit of just after your career, they just throw you in the dirt like you don't even exist anymore. And you know, Mark McGuire recorded 70 homers. Um, at that time, it was the single season record before Barry Bonds broke it. Um, and he had that incredible chase with Sammy Sosa. Um, you know, remember, this is a guy that had 300 and, a .394 on-base percentage, a .588 career slugging percentage, and had 584 career homers. Nobody can tell me that guy doesn't deserve to make it. And then the guy that was chasing him all year long, Sammy Sosa, he's next on my list. This guy hit 60 homers in three different seasons. Everybody knows about just the remark. I mean, just think of the class they showed. When you think of baseball and you want fans to watch and see something that is so amazing about competition but also respect, 
That's what Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa showed towards each other. They had fun with it. And then the respect that McGuire showed the Maris family, you'll never, that's just incredible. You don't see that anymore. Don't tell me this is a bad guy. Something's not right. Um, you know, but you got to remember he had 600 career homers, Sammy Sosa, and he's still not in the Hall of Fame. Then we got somebody that I will argue till I die needs to be in it. Um, one of a few people, actually the next three people, I should say. Uh, but Roger Clemens, you know, starts his career with the Red Sox. Obviously, he pitched for the Yankees. He went on a couple different places afterwards. But here's a guy, listen to this. 4,672 strikeouts. 3.12 ERA. Seven Cy Youngs. Now, out of the seven Cy Youngs, he got four of them with different teams. Wherever he went, this guy was successful. I mean, just incredible. Probably the best pitcher, him and Pedro Martinez, that I have ever seen in my life. And, you know, one of the reasons those guys were so great, you know, everybody knows about the Mike Piazza situation, how... You know, he hit him in the head. But Roger wasn't afraid to go inside. And that's why he was so successful because hitters knew, hey, he'll come inside on you if you don't give him space on the plate. So, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm just a little bit baffled by that. So, like I say, Roger Clemens. And then my next one. My gosh, how this guy is not in the Hall of Fame right now, is probably the second biggest sin Major League Baseball has ever done. alone. I agree with you. He stands alone. Barry Bonds, the home run king, is not in the Hall of Fame. 762 homers. He had a lifetime batting average of 298. He was an all-around player. He had just shy of 2,000 RBIs. Listen to this. Seven-time MVP, 14-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove, and 12 times, listen to this stat, probably the most impressive one of them all. He led the league 12 times in bases on balls. 12 seasons. Imagine how many more home runs this man would have hit if they would just have pitched to him. Barry Bonds is my next one. Now, my next one is somebody I know very well, and I've had the opportunity to get to know him very well when I was with the Yankees back in the late 80s. Uh, and how Don Mattingly is not in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I understand, you know, Don wasn't a power hitter, although he still hit 222 homers. This guy had a career 307 batting average, was the 1985 AL MVP, six-time All-Star and nine-time Golden Glove. That's nine-time Golden Glove. What he, and he, although he was a great hitter, great contact hitter, he was even a better fielder. I mean, the runs he saved defensively just goes without saying. And then he was the Yankees captain. You know, my goodness. Once again, the toughest stage playing for George Steinbrenner and... He didn't make the Hall of Fame. I got two guys left that I would put on the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I'm going to, once again, the names I'm telling you are not in any specific order. The next one is Phil Negro. You know, and people say, well, he threw the knuckleball. Yeah, he threw the knuckleball, okay. I mean, it wasn't, hard. It wasn't easy 
to hit off Phil Necro. Here's a guy that had 318 wins. The guy has over 300 wins. Yes, he almost had 300 losses. He had 274 losses. But to win over 300 games, to record over 3,000 strikeouts, to throw a no-hitter, and to be in five All-Star games and not in the Hall of Fame, once again, is, I, I, I don't know how that can be done. I just don't know how that can be done. Now, we talked about a lot of players. I have one more. And this guy, I'm sorry, he will be number one on my list that needs to go into Hall of Fame. Um, for this guy, you know, I said there's, you know, things, certain players that I will say till I die, this is the number one player that I feel without a doubt needs to be in the Hall of Fame. The sooner the better, the sooner the better is when baseball finally gets it right. All over the ballpark. Last night, the first time I have ever seen that in a baseball stadium. The 1-1 coming, and Rose takes it inside. Levels it back a couple of times. Shao kicks and he fires. Rose swings. There it is. There it is. Get out. Get out. All right. Hit number 41, 92. Hit number 41, The moment was over. My goodness. Pete Rose, the all-time hit king in Major League Baseball. The guy has 4,200 56 hits in his career. That's a Major League Baseball record. He's a three-time world champion. 17, 17-time All-Star. And was 1963 Rookie of the Year and MVP in 1975. This is a guy that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. When you typify how your young kid wants to be on the baseball field, Pete Rose should be the first name that comes up. Forget about what he did off the field. This guy hustles on every play. He plays the game like his the every play is the last play that's ever going to be played. He hustles, he runs, he dives, he uh, slides headfirst into bases. That's what I want in an athlete. And, you know, it's funny. I grew to like Pete Rose. When I was a youngster, you know, Back in, uh, I think it was 72 or 73, I was still a young boy. I didn't like Pete Rose. You know why? Because he beat up my shortstop, Buddy Harrelson. He beat the crap out of Buddy Harrelson. But I'll tell you what, the more and more I got to watch Rose when it was the 75 World Series or when he went on to Philadelphia, he never stopped playing the game like it was his last game. That guy typifies what the game of baseball is all about. And people talk, well, Pete Rose, you know, cheated. He bet on baseball. Pete Rose said he bet on the Reds. He's never bet against his team. It is proven. He has never said that he bet against his team. Now, I'm not going to say I know there's rules, and rules are there for a reason. But, you know... That's like Pete Rose managing, and let's say uh, Tony La Russa is in the dugout, the other dugout. He walks up to Tony La Russa and says, I'll bet you a grand that we kick your butt today. And Tony, let's say, says, all right. That's what he was doing, except on a bigger scale. And I'm not condoning Pete for what he did, but Pete Rose, what he did for the game and how he became an ambassador for baseball, is just incredible in every single avenue. You know, it's okay for them to make money off Pete. It's okay if they're making money off him. But, you know, once again, here's a great example. He's not playing the game anymore, and they're sticking it to him. That's why writers should not be. Now, let me explain to you something. This is not the writer's fault. I blame the writers on a lot of things, especially those other players. But this is a Robert Manfred thing. He has to first allow him on the ballot. I'm telling you what. If Robert Manfred put Pete Rose on the ballot tomorrow 
for ne next upcoming year, 2021. And there was one guy on that list of reporters that did not choose Pete Rose if it wasn't unanimous. He deserves to be there. Kicked out. Just kicked out. For better words, why I'm on the air. Okay? They should not allow that guy to vote again. Okay? And I know people say, well, everybody has a right to vote. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think they have a right to be stupid. Okay? And right now, Pete Rose not being in and Robert Manfred, you know, we had Bud Selig, I understand. He didn't allow it. We had Bud Giamatti, he didn't allow it. You know, get over it, guys. He's done his time. He's still alive. Let the man live the experience of getting what he deserves and being in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back right after this mess. Well, welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank. I hope you really enjoyed that segment. You know, that's the amazing thing about sports. Even during a time when not a lot is going on right now because of the coronavirus, you know, there's still things we can talk about. And that's why I always ask my listeners, you know, please, please get in touch with me. Um, if there's any topic, questions, concerns, thoughts you want us to mention on the air, go to this link at the end of this podcast, which you will get to momentarily, and ask it, and we'll play it on our next episode. You can also go to franklyspeaking528.gmail.com. You can leave it there. You can also go to the most popular and fastest growing sports group page out there on Facebook. It's called Frankly Speaking Sports. We emphasize the word sports because otherwise, like I told you previously, you'll find a bunch of different stuff. So Frankly Speaking Sports, we update it with the fastest and most accurate news. That's what we pride ourselves in. We have reliable sources that we use to get that information to you. Want to remind you, tomorrow, very exciting day, we're going to have Bob Pachris, the NASCAR reporter from Fox Network, is going to join us. We're all getting excited. Bob's going to be excited, I guarantee it. it it's starting back, baby, NASCAR, a week from Sunday. We're going to have some live sports to watch, unless you're waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning now, or 1 a.m. and watching the Korean baseball this is the first American sport reopening, and it's going to be a week from this upcoming Sunday. So I'm sure Bob is really, really going to be excited about that. Also, tomorrow night, the NFL is releasing the 2020 schedule. Um, not only will you get the dates and times of every game, but you will also find out which games are on Sunday night, which games are on Monday night, and which ones are on Thursday night. Also, which games are prime time. So, a pretty exciting day tomorrow. As always, I want to thank you all for joining us today on Frankly Speaking Sports. And we look forward for you listening again tomorrow when we have Bob Parkers. Everybody, have a great day.